Do you hate wasting fabric? Do you find yourself looking for projects that will use up your scraps, but that don't require a lot of preparation or headspace, but are still fun to make? Well, in today's episode, I might have the perfect solution. So stay tuned to find out more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the So Mindful podcast, where we dig into the tips and topics that will help you have great fun making clothes that make you feel fabulous. I'm your host, Jackie Blakemore of So Much More Fun, and I can't wait to share this week's illuminating episode with you. So let's roll the tape. Well, hello. It's so good to see you again. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the So Mindful podcast. Today, I thought it might be fun to talk about finding projects that help you use up leftover fabric. I really hate throwing fabric away, and I'm always on the lookout for projects that will help me turn those offcuts into something practical and beautiful. What do you do with your fabric leftovers? Well, today I'm delighted to be joined by someone that not only has some great ideas on how to use those pesky offcuts, but has generously spent some time putting them into a gorgeous book so we can all be inspired to try them too. Let me introduce you to Jen Rich. Jen's day job is as a photographer and stylist working with editorial and advertising clients. She has a passion for all things crafty and has previously written two books, Clever Cookie Cutter and Pumpkin Crafting. And today she's here with her latest book, Stitch, Sewing Projects for the Modern Maker. So let's find out more. So hi, Jen. It's great to see you. And thanks for being on the podcast with me today. Thank you for having me. So for those people listening, could you just tell everyone a little bit more about about your background and who you are? Yeah, I'm Jen. By trade, I'm a food photographer and food stylist, but by night, very passionate home sewer. I started out sort of whole self-taught at home, YouTube, you know, various, I guess just probably self-taught just making mistakes and you know learning as you go along I started out sewing because I wanted to make clothes that actually fit me namely jeans because that was the one thing I couldn't find on the high street because my waist is two sizes different to my hips I've learned through measuring myself for sewing and so yeah my my main aim was to make a pair of jeans that fit me perfectly and I've achieved that goal which is very exciting yeah and most recently I've just written a book stitch yeah so we're going to talk a bit more about the book yeah but I'm just a little bit interested in the sewing so just a small project to start with jeans we all know that that's quite scary don't we yeah (laughs) yeah I did build up to jeans but I actually I was thinking about it and my main mistake when I first started sewing was sewing things that I wouldn't really wear so I got very into the Instagram sewing community which I love it's so positive and everyone's so lovely and I would see lovely dresses and things and other people and just think, oh, that's so lovely. And I would go and impulse buy the hat and I'd probably buy a fabric that I thought was really pretty, but I would never wear. And I'd make this dress and I, you know, I'd take a picture of it and I'd love it. And then I just don't wear it. And I live in the UK and it's very rarely hot enough to actually wear a dress. And so it was kind of with time I realised that actually I need to be sewing things that I would buy in a shop, you know, that I do actually wear, hence the jeans, because I kind of live in jeans. And now I sort of work backwards where I'll find things I like in a shop and then find a pattern that's similar. For instance, I just sewed the Blanca flight suit by Cosmic Core Patterns 
And that was heavily influenced by a Cezanne denim jumpsuit, which is about 180 pounds. <laughs> and I'm not going to be paying that. And also it won't fit me like it fits a straight size A model. And seeing the adjustments I had to make to the pattern when I sewed it, I knew that a high street one would never fit me properly. Whereas now this fits in the right places. I know I'll wear it loads. So yeah, I've definitely learned that make things that you're actually going to wear not that look good on other people oh, great <laughs> I still do it I've just done the Anthea blouse which is all over Instagram but it's got big puffy sleeves and I made it and I put it on I was like I don't have big sleeve energy like all these other people <laughs> I just it just looks silly on me so I ended up adjusting it so basically the main focus of the pattern I just don't have it it's a normal sleeve you're taking that detail so, out yeah so I've managed to adjust it so I would actually wear it but it did take away the whole you know design of the pattern so I'm sorry about that but yeah that's something I've definitely learned is choose fabric that are actually wearable for me and patterns that I'm not going to only be able to wear for about two weeks or two years <laughs> when it's finally hot enough so um, that was definitely a big learning curve fantastic but the jeans were were a big accomplishment. I think that was about three months in or something. It wasn't that long into sewing. Um, but I just found that actually you learn better if you just keep challenging yourself a little bit. And it is just a step-by-step process. You just don't rush it, just follow it. And there's so many like YouTube tutorials and the pattern companies have video tutorials as well. So I'm a very visual learner, which is why I put a lot of step-by-step pictures in the book. Because sometimes you just need to see it, don't you? And yeah, just certain ways of how you fold the fabric or something that don't quite make sense in the text. And you just need to see someone do it. And they go, oh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I learned a lot through video tutorials and things like that. And how long have you been sewing? Because it's not been that long, has it? No, I guess it's three years now, which I feel somewhat of a fraud writing a book. But also I think it's a semi-good thing because it shows that you can pick it up fairly quickly. Because a lot of people I spoke to, they felt really intimidated by it and that it would take years and years and years to, you know, get anywhere near being able to sew clothes or things. And they and they weren't really into that idea. But actually, you can pick it up really quickly if you, you know, you practice, you put the time in and you have the passion for it. Obviously, I appreciate that not everyone's going to take to it quite in the way I did. But I just think it's such a lovely thing to do and it makes yeah. me really happy. So I kind of want everyone else to do it too. Yeah, um, and I think that's great. Yeah. I think it definitely comes across in the book, your passion for sewing. And we can talk a bit more about the projects and stuff that you chose as well. But one of the things that you mentioned in the introduction is that idea that you don't have to have been sewing for years to to pick it up and get started, do you? No, not at all. And like I say, it's just a step by step. You just follow exactly what it says in the pattern. And you'll get there. And if it goes terribly wrong, you've always got an unpicker. That's my most used tool (laughs) from my sewing machine, I think. And yeah, there's kind of no end point with sewing. You're always learning. I think that even if you've been sewing 20 years, there's always going to be something that comes up or, you know, new machines. They have so many different features and things that I just don't think you'll ever complete it. If you know what I mean? Like a video game, you'll never get to the end of it. There'll always be something new you can do. And that I really like because it keeps it interesting, doesn't it? It definitely um, does. So the book is called Stitch, Sewing Projects for the Modern Maker. So tell me a little bit about who the book's for and what prompted you to write it. 
So it's for people like me, I guess. Literally, it is the book I would buy if I was learning to sew. So I found there's so many sewing books on the market and I found them very informative and they taught you the basic skills, but they weren't really projects I actually wanted to make. So I wanted to do one that made useful but beautiful things that you can adjust to your own, you know, aesthetic at home or, you know, just what appeals to you. But that just appealed to people like me, I guess. And also like a, a big thing for me is seeing something in shop and going, I could make that. <laughs> so it's kind of I wanted to give people the skills and the basic projects that they could go into Oliver Bonus or, you know, somewhere like that and think, Yeah, I could make that. And it'd be half the price. <laughs> so yeah, that was my main aim of just making things that people actually want. Because a lot of books are sort of patchwork like a lot were American actually, which is a, seems to be a very different aesthetic. And they were aimed I guess at an older market, they were quite patchworky, all very bright colours. Just, I think that's probably what put me off the projects in those books. Whereas this, I feel, I guess is for the modern maker. I guess that's the tagline. <laughs> yeah, I just, my, yeah, my main inspiration for all the projects, well, would I want, what would I buy, what do I use? Just kind of dig it around that really. Yeah, um, and I think that comes across in definitely the way you photograph them and the choices you've made with your fabrics. In the introduction, I talked about I hate throwing away fabrics and I hate waste and it pains me to have to get rid of things and sometimes yeah. that is required. But I like the idea that I can turn those items into projects that are useful and are beautiful. So I think yes. reducing the waste yeah. is definitely a key thing at the moment, isn't it? Oh, I'm an absolute fabric hoarder of, you know, cutting things out and you've got a bit that's I know six inches square and that could do something with that at some point so I've just got this in fact it's a fabric basket I made for the book but it's just full of just scraps that I will probably never use but yeah things like the makeup remover pads for those I just use an old towel you know for the main bits and then because you only need a tiny bit of bias binding to go around the edge it's really good for using up little scraps of bias binding as well so it's not just main bits of fabric as well it's all the little bits you end up with and yeah I just wanted to and there's also a couple of pictures where I, I bought a skirt from a charity shop and I think I made about six or seven projects from the book or something just from this skirt so I also yeah. wanted to show as well that look at things in charity shops or secondhand or whatever look at them as the fabric not necessarily as the garment because Generally, you can repurpose a lot of things or clothes that don't fit you anymore or, you know, are a bit worn out. Most of the time, most of it will probably be okay. There's just a little hole in it or something. I always get the holes in between, you know, the legs of jeans <laughs> where they run together. <laughs> so, yeah, generally you can make something new out of something old a lot of the time. You don't always need to buy new fabric. Yeah, just because one part is worn out doesn't mean the rest yeah. of it can't be used. Yeah, no, that's yeah, a good exactly. point, definitely. See, I'm not a quilter either. So, and as you say, quite a lot of things that talk about scrap busting tend to involve quilting. And so, yeah. like you, some of those projects aren't really for me, but my scraps generally don't coordinate either. So it's not like, yeah. often you have to have like a colour palette, don't you, with scraps? Yeah. And that's, that's not really how I work. Yeah. So I liked these projects because I could independently apply my fabric to them and they would just make a nice little set of something or, or whatever, yeah. a nice little item. So we've teased it enough, but let's talk a little bit about the projects in the book then, because I'm sure people are going, well, yeah. what are they? What, what are you doing? <laughs> so tell everyone what the projects are. So it starts off with a chapter of scrap busting 
which obviously you don't have to just use scraps. You can, you know, choose whatever fabric you like, but they all require a small amount of fabric. So also good starter projects as well. One of the ones in there is a wrist pin cushion, which is something I never knew I needed until my friend bought you one. I was like, how have I lived without this? Oh, I saw people on the sewing bee with them and I'm like, no, nah, do I really need that? But actually it's so handy. And I use the one I made for the book every single time I sew. And also in there is like the makeup remover pads that I mentioned, scrunchies, just basic things that you can start out with. And then as the book goes on, I'm going to have to look at it. Every time people ask me this, my mind goes blank. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> What's in there? But then, yeah, there's a chapter for a kitchen. So there's sort of pot holders, which you could also alter to. I mean, gloves if that's what you prefer. Reusable bowl covers better than cling film good for the planet and then there's a bit more of a difficult one which is an insulated picnic bag which is sort of a, a box bag with a zip which kind of looks complicated but actually once you've learned to insert a zip which it's fully explained in the book you can do all of the projects really it's just learning the very basic starter skills and then they're all like I say just step by step just follow it slowly and you'll get it all done and then there's various home things, fabric storage baskets, plant pots, picnic blankets, those sorts of things. There's a celebration chapter, which is Christmas crackers, which I actually, I'm quite proud of those ones because a lot I found online were ones where it was just a rectangle of fabric and you had to unwrap them. Whereas these are a pullable cracker and you can put a snap in it and they probably work. And now we use ours every year. So again saving the planet one project at a time and in there was the advent calendar which was sort of modeled on one we had as those children and me and my brother would alternate the days of who gets the pocket that one looking back at it it wasn't what I remembered at all when mum got it out the lot it was a very very basic like a pre Christmas tree and things whereas again I wanted to make something that was a bit more modern so the design in the book is just a plain linen behind and then it's just got sort of cream pockets with stamp numbers on but obviously you could adjust that to make it as jazzy and Christmassy as you wanted but I thought doing just a, a sleek version would be a good example then those ones good for travel so there's basic drawstring bags which I find really helpful for travel just to chuckle your washing in things like that also packing cubes which I just think are really really good and projects like that I haven't really seen previously in books like this sort of tea cozies and things which I don't need but I do need a packing cube so that's good and probably the most complicated one in that chapter is the overnight bag which is sort of a duffel bag type thing which has got zip pockets and things but again it's all the same techniques for the previous project so you'll get it done and then there's a beauty chapter which I think is like an eye mask makeup bags headbands jewelry roll that kind of thing yeah but the introductory chapter is all of the basic stitches you'll need and explaining what under stitching is and top stitching clipping corners and curves and just how to make bias binding just basically everything if you've never sewed before the introduction will tell you how to make every project and book yeah and you only need to have a machine that does a straight stitch and a zigzag stitch you don't need one that's got all the bells and whistles you don't need an overlocker a lot you could do by hand if you have the time and inclination, but it'll be a lot quicker on the sewing machine. And also it is aimed at beginners, but also more experienced sewers that just want a little project. So I've spoken about it before with you about just having a palette cleanser. And yeah. say you've had a big project you've done, like a pair of jeans or something, 
Well, I find I most need them when something's gone terribly wrong. <laughs> and I just think, well, I, I just can't sew. <laughs> I'm rubbish at this. Or if I've made something and it's come out really well and I put it on, I'm just like, this doesn't suit me. Because sometimes you just can't tell yeah. until you've made it up. And then you're like, oh, well, this is <laughs> this a waste of time. And you sort of just ruin your flow a bit. So sometimes I just like to have a nice little easy win project, a tote bag or something, which I can then go and use and it's really useful and I've sewn it and it's given me, me the confidence I can do it again and then go into a bigger project. So, yeah, it's not just for beginners. It's also people that just want a nice little project to do on an afternoon. It isn't going to take three weeks of time. Because <laughs> also for people that don't have a lot of spare time but would like to be selling, it is something you can just dip in and out of and create something relatively quickly without having to dedicate too much time. Yeah, definitely. And these are items, like you say, that even if you don't want to sew it for you, you can sew it for someone else. And because they yeah. take small amounts of fabric, again, there's quite low prep required, really. Yeah. If you've got a bit of spare fabric, then you're just there and you've got a choice of projects that you can go to to make up. So yeah, I really like that. And you touched on it there, but I'm just going to reiterate it because I think it's worth spelling out. Quite a lot of the projects are around moving away from single-use items and trying to make reusable items, aren't they? And I don't yeah. think until I reflected on that when I was looking back at the projects the second time that I realised how many of them there are that I would use, like the bowl covers and the makeup pads and things like that, makeup remover pads. Because each of those little projects make a difference, don't they? If, we, if we're using those versus throwing bits away and bags and things away, wrapping away, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, there's reusable there's wrapping, wrapping. Yeah. 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 Which I like the idea as well, because then you can gift it with that and then that person can reuse it and it's just an ongoing thing. But yeah, to come up with those, I was basically just looking at the things I use every day that are disposable and probably shouldn't do and came up with a reusable option. And then also when they're things you use every day, it, there's just a sense of accomplishment of like every time you use it, oh, make that. Yeah. <laughs> and even like the tote bag, I use that every time I go shopping instead of buying a plastic bag. I mean, I think the fact you have to buy them now is a massive incentive for people to take a reusable one. But okay. it does make such a difference. So yeah, I did try and focus quite a bit on that, just making useful things that hopefully help the planet a little bit. Yeah, indeed. And the structure of the book, as you said, is so that it starts out with the tools and then some quite a lot of detail on the techniques. So as you say, for those people who haven't perhaps sewn before or haven't sewn for a while and want to get back into it, obviously sewing bees coming up and people might be inspired to give it a go, but might not want to dive straight into making jeans and a flight suit, for goodness sake. I mean, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about those projects, but... On the opposite end of the scale, yeah, so something a bit easier to get started. I'm totally with you in terms of I had a make recently where I'd put some time and effort in. In my mind, it was going to look amazing. And then when I put it on, it really wasn't that. So, mm. so yeah, these these kind of projects really help you just reset your confidence and your focus. Yeah. And they're just nice to do, aren't they? So the only assumption I've made in the book is that you know how to thread your sewing machine. Just because different sewing machines vary so much, there kind of wasn't any point showing how to my machine but otherwise absolute beginners and if you buy a machine it'll have a book and it'll tell you how to thread it fantastic so you mentioned a couple of tips in terms of choosing fabrics like you said using older garments and things like that that may be a bit worn in some places or looking for items in charity shops and so on but were there any other tips that you picked up while you were creating the book or while you're creating the sewing projects yes when I first bought my machine I went to a very lovely fabric shop in Cambridge, 
where everything was 25 pounds a meter <laughs> and it was all very lovely and I got really carried away and probably spent about 100 pounds on these really sort of flimsy viscose and then I went home and I tried to make my own pattern from a skirt that already existed and I just jumped in too far and I am a strong believer that it's good to buy a pattern that's going to challenge you a bit but also probably not for your first ever project <laughs> and that it's probably to build your confidence start with more stable fabrics you know cotton linen things like that that aren't going to be slipping around everywhere and just build up like that and then move on to slightly more misbehaving fabrics I still hate sewing with satin and shiny stuff I still haven't mastered that but equally I don't think I'd wear satin very often I don't go anywhere fancy enough to wear satin <laughs> so I'll stick to the viscose but yeah, also really go with the pattern of what it suggests because that will be your main tell of what you need to buy. But yeah, probably don't start out with the 25 pound a fabric because <laughs> it might work out, but you know, things like that as well, they probably don't unpick as forgivingly sort of thin and more flimsy fabrics. So yeah, pick something that's nice and stable to start with going to be a bit easier and then get your confidence up and move on to ship on and <laughs> yeah the fancy stuff whatever floats your boat yeah so again that's a good thing for when you're first starting out maybe use old bed sheets and even buying new bed sheets actually when you think of how much fabric you get on a double bed sheet for instance it's a lot and you know that you probably get one for seven pounds or something you know in Tesco or whatever and if you bought that on the roll it would be a lot, lot more. So it might not necessarily be exactly the pattern you want or anything like that, but it's great for practice. And actually one of the early tops I made, I made from an old cotton bed sheet of my grandma's back when you had proper nice cotton <laughs> thick bed sheet. <laughs> and it's one of my most worn garments I've ever sewn. And that was probably, I don't know, the third thing I made. And I just thought, oh, I'll just use this old bed sheet. That'll be fine. But actually, where are all the time? <laughs> and it reminds me of my grandma. So that's nice. Fantastic. I think just don't always think you have to go out and buy really nice fancy fabric. Although buying fabric is a whole hobby in itself. Yes, I mean, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> We've done episodes previously on that, for sure. Yeah. That definitely is a whole bigger topic. But yeah. I think, as you say, try and make a few things out of the fabric that you get as well. I think that's a good way of sort of practicing, isn't it? Yeah, because also I think as well, the sustainability of it, sometimes if you're just buying new fabric and making garment after garment after garment because you enjoy sewing, not necessarily because you need a new dress, it's just that you want to. Actually, it's not very sustainable and it's always going to be better than buying fast fashion because we won't go into the depth of all that. But actually, it can be quite unsustainable if you're constantly buying new fabric. And inevitably, however conscious you are, you will buy fabric that you don't use. <laughs> that you buy because you love it and then it stays in the cupboard and you're too scared to cut into it. I've got so many and I just can't commit to what pattern I want to use Yeah, which for. project to do with it. Yeah, yes. and I, yeah. every time I promise myself, no, don't buy anything else. You've got enough, just use what you've got. And then someone posts on Instagram, they new fabrics. You're like, oh no. <laughs> They're so nice though, I failed, they? <laughs> yeah. And you just think, oh, it's going to be so popular. It's going to sell out. I better get it now. And then when it does sell out, and then I'm scared to cut into it because I know I can't buy any more. <laughs> the vicious circle. But yeah, I think just definitely think about the amount of new 
fabric for purchasing. Um, and also vintage and places like that are really good for buying fabric because people sort of de-stash on things like that. Oh, okay. You get some really good bargains. I've sold some things on there as well before I moved house. I realized how out of control the stash had got. Because also as well, starting out during COVID lockdowns and things, you couldn't go to the shop and see what the color exactly was like or feel it. And also that came in as well with inexperience of knowing the properties of certain fabrics and the weight of them, what 210 grams actually means, like how heavy is that? And I ordered a couple of corduroys that I think were going to actually be the book projects. And they came and they were super stretchy and they weren't the right shades that I wanted. And so they didn't get used and I kept them and I thought, I'll make something. And then I thought, I'm never going to use baby pink corduroy. So I sold that on Vintage. So yeah, that's a good way without continuing the cycle of fabric all the time. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. I hadn't thought of Vintage for fabric. I tend to think more for clothes. Yeah, if you look in home and then textiles or something, you can usually find a few good bits in there. And even people selling blankets or cushion covers, things like that, you can always repurpose them into other things. Yeah. And the items that I think are in the book as well would make great gifts. I do love sewing and I often end up with lots of things that I have too many of, like too many makeup bags. I think these projects within this book are great for gifts, aren't they? Yeah, that was one of my main aims as well, because I really love receiving gifts that someone's made. I just think it adds so much to it to know that someone's really thought about what fabric or, you know, whatever it is that you would really like. And they put the time and effort into it. And I just think it makes it so much more special. And I try to to not be the friend that oh, I'm going to get out something else. <laughs> home zone what's it gonna be this time but I do have certain friends that I know would love those things I recently yeah I did a like a makeup bag for a friend she's actually due to have a baby in the summer so I might make a little I'm not a quilter but I'm gonna give it a go just sort of that you can be a blanket or a play mat or anything like that so yeah just being able to tailor the projects to suit your recipient and yeah again a way of being able to state your appetite for wanting to sew as a hobby but not just creating yeah like you say eight makeup bags yourself that you know you're never going to be able yeah. to use so it is nice to be able to do things for gifts as well and yeah I just yeah. think it adds a special touch if you you put the time and effort into making something for someone so yeah quite a few of my friends get home <laughs> I don't know if it's That's been right. used but they've been like yeah, they so said once that them. they liked it. Now they get loads of them. That's what we yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, next time they'll have to go, well, thank you. And you sort of get the point. Okay. I'll buy something next time. <laughs> oh, dear. So tell everybody how they can get the book. Where's the best place to buy the book? All good retailers. It's, <laughs> and some rubbish it's, ones as well. You know, yeah, well, yeah. But yeah, classic Amazon. If you wish to jump on there, that's usually the best price, actually. But Waterstones, Boils, all the big bookshops have got it. It's just being translated into French now. So if you're French speaking, you can get one. And also possibly Spanish, Swedish. But yeah, most places, if you just Google it, you'll get a a choice of retailers and it is beautiful it's a credit to you the style of it is lovely the instructions are really clear I'm a big fan of good instructions and photos like you I'm a visual learner and I think having it in that format is amazing 
And I think even if you're not a sewer, if you know people who are, it's great to have on your list for birthdays or Christmas gifts for other people. It's got some great projects in. And it's just a really lovely book. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> I think that was my concern as well, because I made it basically me. You know, it was the book that I would buy. I was a bit worried of, well, would anyone else want to buy it? <laughs> but it seems to be well received so far. People kind of, they get it. You know, someone literally said to me, oh, it's stuff I'd actually want to make. And I was like, that is literally, it was in, in my pitch to the publisher. We want to make a book of projects people actually want to make. So yeah. I think that's come across, which is nice. Yeah, it's, it is lovely. And so can you just tell everybody how long it took you to do the book? Yeah, so I had three months to design it all and make it all, photograph it all. <laughs> and then there was another couple of months of text edit. But yeah, it was a relatively quick turnaround, actually. Very quick, I would say. That's, that's nuts. It was a little bit intimidating for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. It was also that heat wave summer we had, which wasn't ideal. And I was buying and moving house during that time. So it all happened at once, but I'm better at working under pressure than I am when I've got like a six month deadline. I'll, I'll put it off till the last month anyway. So it was quite good to you to have a quite a short deadline, but also, you know, working full time in the meantime. So an amazing piece of work in the time and under the circumstances. And I do encourage everybody to at least go and have a look and I'll definitely be making the project. So you have a look out on my Instagram because now I'm accountable. I've said it, I've got to do it. (laughs) Yeah, out in the world. (laughs) That's it. But I'll put some pictures of the book and a couple of the projects on the show notes so people can have a look and and see that there. I'll also put a link to to the book on Amazon. And if people just want to follow you, Jen, because obviously this isn't, I'm sure your sewing journey is not stopping here, is it? <laughs> want to follow not. you? How- yeah, it's best on Instagram. My handle is Stitch, Craft and Cook. And that's basically everything I make on there. There's also a flick through of the book on there. So you'll see all the projects in it as well. So that's a bit more of an in-depth look. Because when I first announced the book for pre-order, I had people message me going, well, what's inside? Like, I'm not going to order it before I know what's in it. And I thought, you know what, fair enough. Like, I wouldn't either but my publisher wouldn't let me reveal anything too early. So on the Amazon listing now, there's a few pictures of projects as well and you can preview it. But yeah, my Instagram does do a flick through basically every project. So you'll get an idea from that because I definitely want to know what's in it before I bought it, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame that's the difficult thing. When you're buying it online, not in a bookstore, it's hard, isn't it? Well, it's been absolutely lovely to talk to you and everybody go and check the book out. I think it's a great resource to use for different projects that you want to do. And as we said, even if you just want a little easy project between makes, then this is a good go-to for that. So thanks so much for your time today, Jen. It's been lovely to talk to you and I hope everybody gives you a follow and a like on Instagram. Thank you for having me. I've been listening to all your past episodes like while I'm sewing. It's quite nice because it's just like having a chat with people about sewing whilst you're doing it. So it's nice. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the show notes in the description area of your podcast app and click to follow or subscribe. Or head over to sewmindful.com forward slash podcast, which is S-E-W-M-I-N-D-F-U-L dot com, where you can also sign up for an email reminder so that you don't miss out on any juicy episodes. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, then please help others find us by leaving a review if you love this episode. 
And I'm always excited to find out what you got from the episode and how you plan to use the tips. And finally, if you have a question, feedback or a topic you'd like me to investigate, then you can also email me at hello at somuchmorefun.co.uk. So until next time, stay gorgeous and have so much more fun.